and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today for what is now episode 10 of our Road to 2023 series. And as always, you are joined by your hosts, Tiara and Jack. Now, before we get into a recap of our past weeks, we just want to give you a quick reminder that if you do want to see us live or in webinar format, please click the link in the show notes below because on September 4th, we will be presenting alongside Sports Nutrition Australia with Joey Cantlin, Brandon Kempter, Kyle Weber, and Alex Thomas. On and some secret guests. Some secret guests yet to be revealed. Yes. <laughs> but we will be presenting on all things comp prep. So if you guys want to attend, make sure not to miss it. Tickets are $79, I believe. That's pretty much cheaper than an entire weeks of coaching and you're going to be hearing from the best in the biz so hit us I think up we've done an average there of every coach globally and we've come up with the average value for you guys <laughs> yeah and uh it's I would, cheaper than that it is yeah 79 dollars a pop so yeah you'd be crazy to miss it honestly yeah it's like seven plus hours worth of content mm. all about comp prep yeah i think yeah, obviously there's a limit to how many people can come. So 25 people. So mm -hmm. if you are wanting to come in person, get on top of that now because there's a first and first served. But even if you don't intend to watch the webinar right away, like you can buy it, watch it later because trust me, there's going to be some excellent presentations, literally breaking down every single phase of the competition journey. So not just the prep itself, but also the recovery phase, the improvement season, off season phase, how to maximize your starting point. Yeah. We're going to have a little lecture on dietetics. So we're going to do a little lecture on training as well. So it's, it's definitely not something to miss because it's incredibly cheap and it's a very, very comprehensive package of information. I can only imagine when you and I first got involved in this industry, if something like this was on offer, I would just be Wow, I'd be racing toward it. Mm, yeah, so <laughs> little plug all done. But if you want to get the tickets, then yeah, we have a link in our Instagram bio or just check the show notes below or send either of us a message over on the gram. But without further ado, episode 10 of Road to 2023. Jack, hit us up. How was your past week? The week was good and it was a very standard week. So nothing overly exciting happened and nothing bad happened either mm -hmm. so yeah i think that does classify a pretty good week yeah i think that kind of just wraps up the episode really <laughs> uh but in terms of training like i've just been plugging away getting better at each movement pattern uh especially as a lot of the movements that i've been doing are quite new and the way i've been performing them have been quite novel as well so especially with the the back movements just really taking my time to execute them well, uh, a slower eccentric phase on them, and even incorporating some pauses as well, which like pausing in, in the squat is very different to pausing in a back movement because uh, you can imagine that, let's say you're doing a seated row, pausing at the, at the peak contraction in a seated row is, is quite different because you're not really sitting into that. You're actually having to hold it without just using your arm musculature to hold it in place mm -hmm. and i found that that's really helped with i guess to you for lack of a better term like the mind to muscle connection yeah and and now taking on these new methods and protocols that aj's prescribed you has it made you question huh why didn't i try this before uh that's a good question not really to be honest 
because I think what I was doing previously, it wasn't necessarily wrong. Mm -hmm. It was just probably not what was most conducive for me in particular, Mm -hmm. because I've actually, I actually filmed a, a video yesterday or the day. Yeah. The yesterday, I think. No, the day before. Yes. (laughs) And that was kind of about my new approach to training, my new approach to nutrition, all the changes I've made and how I'm undertaking those changes. So that'll be out sometime this week. So keep an eye on that on the YouTube channel at the Bodybuilding Dietitians. But essentially, I think I'm just like a little bit of a special snowflake in terms of my back development. I'm, I'm not someone who naturally connects well with my back. Like I'm not, I'm definitely not weak at the movements. Like my RDL, my T-bar row was five plus plates and uh, yet I didn't have that great of a back. Mm -hmm. And I think having AJ on board to really uh, be very honest with me in terms of my execution, it has been invaluable. Mm -hmm. Cause like there's people, I bet looking at the comments he's made about my training, like we, I could definitely say a few things about a bunch of other people, including yourself, mm-hmm. who have amazing backs. Uh, so that that kind of proves my point a little bit. Yeah, but I, I'm just so happy that you are on board with AJ. And even though you guys have only done a few check-ins so far, I think that they've been very humbling and mm. you've definitely been gaining a lot from him. And he's just really shown up and just been like, he's going to be a great coach for you. Like he genuinely cares. It's amazing. Just the feedback that he's giving you on all of your form videos. Like it's not just like, yeah, it looks good. You know, he's like giving you very specific cues and he's even got his eyes on you on your stories and stuff. And he'll Mm. message you and he'll be like, Hey man, watch your form, watch your elbow position in this. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's very useful. And it's kind of something I, I really need because I don't, I don't need someone there to be like, hey man, you're doing really well, uh, just keep it up mm-hmm. because I need someone to be brutally honest with me and I need someone to not, not uh, just compliment me for the sake of compliment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, want, I want someone who's honest and who's You got gonna... me for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for the compliments, AJ's for the hard yeah. truth. <laughs> and the dogs. The dogs always give us a lick. Yes. But... <laughs> But yeah, that's kind of literally been training and I'm, I'm getting to that phase now in the off season where I am starting to see some new numbers. And, uh, these, the thing is these movements are novel. A lot of the movements I'm doing, especially with these new movement cues. So, uh, I'm, I'm in unfamiliar territory in terms of what numbers to expect. So I'm like, for example, I did some, uh, hammer strength incline press today, plate loaded. And I did, I think I did 105 kilos for nine or 10 reps. Mm-hmm. And that's like unfamiliar territory. I, I don't have anything to go off of that. All I know is that it, it was hard and I went basically to failure on that mm-hmm. lift or zero RAR. Yeah, I went to zero RAR. I didn't, I didn't fail on the last rep. So yeah, like uh, I think that's a good spot to be in because if, if potentially I'd done something heavier, then I would be like, okay, I'm, I'm go- I need to work my way back up there as quickly as possible. And that might potentially compromise my execution. So I think for a lot of these lifts, it's been quite good to not only, if even if it's not a new lift, I'm, I'm doing it probably in a different order than it has been done previously and in, in a different way. So I'm literally a blank slate when it comes to uh, my, my strength, which is quite interesting for me. It's, it's like I'm going into each session with like just the intention of 
having excellent execution and trying my best. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, yeah, as I said, it's interesting compared to in prep where I was like, okay, this is what I was doing in the off season and like, I'm going to try and match that or, mm-hmm. or maybe I do doing more in the off season. I'm like, oh, I used to do five kilos more than this in the off season. Yeah. So it is quite a different way of thinking. But it is a wonderful position that you are in right now because you're not necessarily numbers focused. You're mm-hmm. not going in there and you're not chasing specific numbers. Yeah. And that's pretty perfect right now because you are in those early stages of adapting to this new program Mm. and it really allows you to focus on that mind muscle connection and really build up a really fantastic movement pattern so that you can execute well yeah yeah and i i have i'm starting to see the positive changes of it as well like this is the fourth week of the program probably the only movement where i can compare numbers is the rdl like literally everything else as far as I'm aware, is quite different. What about your hacks? Even the hacks is different because hacks I used to do as my first movement and now they're no longer my first movement. I used to put the hacks right on the lowest setting in terms of uh, the angle. So now I'm, it was probably like a 30 degree angle previously. Mm-hmm. Now it's on like a 45 degree angle. So And there is... was a sneaky little video that you chose not to post <laughs> on the gram, right? Yeah, so... I, uh, this was the first week of doing it. I put it fully upright. So that was way above 40. That was like closer to 90 degrees than 45. So it's almost like a really deep V squat. Mm, yeah. And yeah, I, I put on like one plate aside on that. And I was like, yeah, I'll just warm up with this. Cause I'm used to doing like five plates aside on the lowest incline. And I literally failed on my warm up <laughs> ramp. <laughs> and you got it on film. I did, which yeah, maybe that'll come out one day. Uh, if I ever make like a fails compilation or something, but, <laughs> I feel very fortunate to have been able to see this. <laughs> yeah, that was humbling, and yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I I I put it back down to forty five degrees because like squatting, it didn't feel that great on my knees for that session either, mm-hmm. and it was just a bit ridiculous. So yeah, I might as well squat if I'm going to put it up that high. And how have you noticed your fatigue levels have been? Because you're a few weeks into this new program, and obviously we know you're doing. Basically, you're training your hamstrings once a week. You're training your quads once a week. Have you noticed that's translated into your ability to perform better in especially your pole movements and your pole days? I think a good way of explaining this is I don't feel as if I'm compromised at all leading into the session whatsoever. And like that's probably the best way of explaining it because I don't... Like I'm able to train basically as hard as I want during the session. Mm-hmm. I'm not someone who goes to failure. For, like there's people who are like super, super hardcore and they will literally take every single thing to failure and then beyond failure mm. into partial reps with a spotter. I'm not that sort of person. Like I'll, I'll take things to zero RAR and I'm quite happy to take them there and not necessarily feel the need to go further because mm. I honestly don't think you need to. Uh, however, I think it's it's important to really know what your zero RIR is. Mm. Like, if you're stopping at your perceived zero RIR when you have more in the tank, then you need to be aware of that. Yeah. Hey guys, just a reminder that we offer coaching services, which you can find on our website by searching the Bodybuilding Dietitians on Google or via the show notes below. We coach anyone with a health and fitness related goal. That's why it's always a little bit fishy when you see someone's training program 
and they write like let's say you've prescribed someone three sets and they get the most reps on the last set mm. i'm like oh okay <laughs> we need to have a chat here like maybe you're just not lifting as heavy enough or yeah. like really you're leaving way too much left in the tank on the first set because mm. generally i always try to leave at least one rep in the tank on my first set of a big compound movement for example something like a shoulder press or a bench press because I know that if I just go balls to the wall and just like absolutely grind out that final rep just so I can be like, did it. Mm. It's totally gonna compromise my performance in my second and third set. So I might get out one extra rep on my first set, but I might lose legit two or three reps on my occurring sets following that. Mm. Yeah, and it's just, it's not worth the trade-off. Yeah, totally. And like even today I was doing some cuffed lateral raises and like I could push out an extra maybe three or four reps. But the thing is like I'd already stopped at the point where my form was starting to be compromised. Like mm. for example, I'd, I shortened the angle between my hand and shoulder. So like instead of stretching my arm out, my arm was super close in. I was kind of starting to shrug up the, the load a little bit more. So mm -hmm. sure, I could technically hadn't hit mechanical failure, sorry, muscular failure, but I had hit mechanical failure, which mm -hmm. is where like you kind of need to stop for something like that movement mm -hmm. because I, I was at that point I was made, I was just doing a shrug. I wasn't doing a lateral raise. Yeah. And it's movements like that. There's a lot of movements that you don't always have to every single session, try to up and up and up the weight, yeah. like just really being aware of how many total reps are you doing or where are you actually starting to start your mile reps? You know, for example, like if you're on a leg extension, you might keep the weight the same on a leg extension for quite a while. If mm. you're working in like a, let's say I work in like a 12 to 15 rep range for yeah. leg extensions, but I don't increase the weight every single session. And a few sessions in a row, I might actually get three sets of 15, but my mile reps will be different. You know, mm. maybe I can get to 12 reps and then I have to start for a rest pause. Mm. And then the next session, maybe I'll get to 13, then I have to start a rest pause, yeah. whatever it may be. And that answers quite a common question that we get is like, oh, how, how much should I progress each session? Mm -hmm. And ultimately my main answer to that is as long as you are giving that threshold of intensity. So if we rate intensity out of uh, 10, mm -hmm. then if you're giving like an eight to 10 out of 10, it's just unrealistic to say, yeah, give 10 out of 10 every session. Cause that's <laughs> just not going to happen. Uh, some people might be able to do that, but like from an emotional perspective and a CNS perspective, like not everyone can give a, a true 10 out of 10 yeah. that is just crazy uh every single session for every exercise every set yeah uh, so as long as you're within that range of like 8 to 10 out of 10 mm -hmm. you're in a decent spot to continue progressing and if you've got things like your sleep your nutrition your recovery down pat then you are going to progress mm -hmm. for for the majority of the time and when you don't progress it's when we kind of analyze okay why are you not progressing? Is it one of those other variables or is it purely that we need to potentially change the movement at this point? Yeah, so. I guess if you want an analogy for it, you know, the Olympics are starting now mm. just one year late, but that's okay, <laughs> they're happening. But think about your track athletes who mm. are running like the 100s and the 200s. A 10 out of 10 would be in the finals of the 100 meter open men's sprint mm. okay that's a 10 out of 10 when you've got usain bolt running down the line going for a world record that's a 10 out of 10 
But Usain Bolt is not showing up to practice every <laughs> single day running Dude, world he, records. <laughs> he wouldn't have even gone a 10 out of 10 in, in his heats. Like, yeah. I remember that video where he's like, he's like 10 meters away from the finish line or something. And he's like waving at the crowd or something just to qualify <laughs> for the final. Gosh. And then you've got your Joe Blow down at World's Gym Brisbane. Turn on, turn. <laughs> no days off. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Well, that's not about training, Jack. What about body composition department, nutrition? What's up there? Body composition department. <laughs> yeah. Is that like department store? Or? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jack's got a whole Bunnings for his body composition. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, I think things are definitely moving in that department and uh, moving in terms of body weight. I'm averaging around 300 grams of weight gain per week, which is spot on. I think I kind of mentioned this in a previous episode, but I am just honestly surprised at how little I'm adapting. It's, uh, it's, I'm not worried about it. I'm more just surprised and a little bit perplexed because I've historically been very adaptive when it comes to weight gain. And so, yeah, I've literally been on basically the same macro since prep ended. So 500 to 550 carb, 80 fat, 275 protein on the rest days, 400 carbs, 70 fat, 250 protein. Uh, that kind of rolls off the tongue now. I don't even have to mm-hmm. think about it too much. Okay, you guys should have those numbers memorized by now, all right? <laughs> and yeah, like nutrition, I've been doing the lower fiber approach. That's been going well. Hasn't really affected appetite in any way. And food focus is just a thing of the past now. Like I'm at the point where I'm enjoying my meals still like I look forward to them I'm not eagerly awaiting them though like I'm at the point where I'm like looking at the clock and I'm being like oh it's time to eat again and I don't not look forward to them so Mm -hmm. and I still enjoy the process of eating I'm still using a smaller teaspoon even uh, because it actually helps me slow down my eating because I've always been a notoriously fast eater and Mm -hmm. Tara can testify me to just (laughs) shoveling food in. Gosh, (laughs) legit. When we go out to dinner, like for example, if we go out and we both order a pizza, Mm. I haven't even eaten all my toppings yet and Jack's finished his pizza. (laughs) Well, I think you're in your own special boat there of eating the toppings before the base. Does anyone else do that? You eat all the toppings first and then you pick the base apart with your fingers. It's delicious. Mm, very good i love it well yeah i have fun (laughs) cool so that's that's pretty much it for me in terms of nutrition like i will be interested to see like like what if i get to 90 kilos on the same macro i don't think you are and remember jack we're only 12 weeks post-show okay it hasn't even been a full three months and you're still only 81 kilograms 81 no i was actually 82.2 this morning oh yeah you did have a bit of a spike but last week your average was around like mid 81s correct Yes. That's still pretty damn light considering where you've been before. And considering you're planning to get up to like 94, 95 before you consider doing a mini cut, you've got a long way to go. You're still in those early stages. Mm. And I think it's still just a matter of time. It's a few more weeks or a few more months until you're going to hit that point. In the past, was it really around the 81 kilogram mark that yours, it was hard to budge? I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah, I guess comparing to the peak bulk before it's, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different, but I think there's a few things to examine there. Like I've lowered my fiber. I'm doing less volume in the gym. Those are the two main factors Mm -hmm. really, but I'm not, again, I'm not worried. It's just something out of interest to note because we're on a podcast talking about our journeys, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) at least your food focus isn't at a point where like 
if you, yeah, it doesn't meal, bother me. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't bother you. Like the other day, you tried cream of rice mm. and admitted it's not as good as cream of wheat. It's not. Sorry, guys. <laughs> like it's cream of wheat is just like a cake. It's like because uh, I've been making the protein cakes more just because I have like 160 grams of flour in mm. in it and. Cream of rice, it's, it, the flavor is good, but the texture is just not as good. And mm. it's about the best of both worlds. And yeah. That's why bakers use wheat. Yeah. Like, imagine if down at the cheesecake shop, they were baking all your cakes with rice flour. Like, yeah, yeah it's gluten-free. But because Jack makes his cream of wheat or that one-day cream of rice before we head to the gym. And mm. then when he comes back, it's like retrogradated and already. When you made it last week and you came back. Yeah, like, the volume was like a This third. is pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Not that I cared about the volume too much, but mm. it, it is nice to have a little bit more food than mm. like a centimeter worth of cream of rice for like 200 carbs. But also it's good to be in a position where you don't care. You're like, oh, I'll eat this anyway. It wasn't as good, but it's not going to bother yeah, me. Yeah. Like In prep, that would have oh, ruined my day. <laughs> oh yeah, it ruins. I remember one time in prep, I and this was a day when I was like on 150 grams of carbs. This is one of my first IFBB preps. And I came home and I made some nice cream, but with like bananas that were really brown mm. and like they'd probably, they'd been frozen, but then they defrosted a little bit and then frozen terrible texture. And I probably wasted like a good 20 grams of carbs on these awful bananas. And I just made this awful nice cream sludge it was so bad and like i felt like i just ruined my day that's how food focused i was because mm. i was like this is so unpleasant and i just wasted 20 grams of carbs on this sludge mm. and i it's ingrained in my brain that's how food focused i was then yeah but not anymore that wouldn't really bother me right now <laughs> Hey guys, just a reminder that we post regular informative content on both our Instagram and YouTube channel. So make sure to go over to those platforms and search The Bodybuilding Dietitians. See you there. Uh, but that's enough about my week. What's mm -hmm. been going on with you? I'm along the same lines as you. It was a good week. Nothing like crazy spectacular happened and nothing bad happened either. Mm -hmm. It was just another really solid week of just training, living, and working. So... It was good just across the board with training just continuing to progress in a lot of my movements finally broke through my bench plateau because these past few weeks i've been stuck on 50 kilograms with my barbell bench for sets of seven but last week i finally broke through that plateau and i got three by eight so this week i need i'm doing bench tomorrow morning and i need to decide and i want your opinion on this too should I try to match that three by eight? Cause I only just pushed out that three by eight. I don't think I actually had a rep on that mm. final set to push out a ninth. Should I try to match that, which is kind of what I'm edging toward, or should I try to get three by six with 52.5? I honestly think 52.5 uh, for three sets of six, that's my opinion. And the reason being is I, I think the three sets of six will be easier than the three by eight mm. with the heavy, with the lighter weight. Yeah. And it's also going to build up less total fatigue as well compared to the higher rep mm -hmm. with the lighter weight. So that way it'll probably allow you to progress more in the coming weeks. Yeah. I've just found that over my training career, as I continue to get stronger, those lower rep ranges are a hell of a lot more attractive to me. Like mm. I really like them. Mm. And for example, for bench, when I wasn't as strong, maybe I was only benching like maybe 40 kilograms a few years ago, I would veer more toward sets of 12. But now as I've gotten stronger, I'm like, yeah, I really just want to do sets of six. I don't want to do five sets of 12. I'd rather do three sets of six. Mm. Same for shoulder press. So 
For example, today with the 18 kilograms, I got out three by eight and I did that last week as well. And once I almost feel like once it goes past that eighth rep now, cause I'm pretty strong, like 18 kilograms per delt. That, that's, that's not weak. I would say it's, it's very not, strong. it's not too bad, but I feel like if I'm going to push for that ninth or 10th rep, it's almost going toward the endurance side of things. Mm. And I've never lifted the 20 kilogram dumbbells for shoulder press. Like I've never even attempted it. I've done it for bench for flat bench press, mm. but maybe next week I should just give the twenties a crack. Yeah. Just freaking do it. Just do it. Even if you get three sets of six, like at mm. least that's a baseline. Yeah. And I've got really long arms. So sometimes I think about like the range of motion that I've actually got to push that freaking dumbbell up <laughs> yeah. to actually lock out is very different to someone who has much shorter arms than mm-hmm. me. Like me. Yeah. And yours aren't that short. Yeah. No. If we did like the Da Vinci thing, we'd probably be pretty similar. The Da, da Vinci thing? Yeah. You know, the Da Vinci thing of the naked guy who's standing with his arms out and his legs out? Because like oh, your thought, arms yeah. out are supposed to be the same length as you are tall. Yeah. I've heard that. Mm approximately the same width as your height yeah wait but then they say like the elite level athletes like swimmers and stuff they've mm. got a longer and arm span yeah. yeah than they are tall yeah genetics yeah anyway <laughs> where was i next week maybe i should just give the 20s a crack for that dumbbell shoulder let's press. do it and then you can uh fill everyone in how you went yes yeah but yeah and I think my pushing movements really just are getting a hell of a lot stronger because I'm putting a huge emphasis on my tricep work. And yesterday I actually really saw that pay off because still going to the ICN posing workshops every two weeks. And in the first hour, I'll spend time with my clients and like we'll do fitness posing and everything and I'll be there for them as their coach. But in the second hour, I stay back and I'm learning how to do figure posing because I just love figure posing. Like one, I think it's incredibly beautiful, but I also think it's just such a fantastic skill to have to actually know how to pose like a figure competitor because you really learn how to connect with all of your muscle groups and really activate them and really just turn them on for lack of a better term. But I also love the figure posing too because it really makes me feel in a good way vulnerable because I'm able to really look at my physique and it just makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because I'm like wow there's still so much more room for growth here and I can take a really good look at myself when I'm trying to flex all of these muscles that I just want to be bigger and I'm like okay I I need to seriously keep gaining weight keep pushing myself over these next couple of years it's awesome but tied in with that, I can also see my results paying off. So for example, in a side tricep pose, I can really see that the heads of my triceps are growing compared to what they looked like at the end of prep. So it's really awesome to be able to actually see that. And that's a huge thing I'm doing this improvement season because one, you can never be too good of a poser. And I've certainly noticed during my past seasons of competing is that posing in that department that's definitely something that I really need to continue to master and build my skills in so during my entire off season I'm going to continue to practice my IFBB posing I'm going to continue to practice obviously my ICN fitness posing and continue to learn the skill of figure posing too because I'm coaching a few very, very top end competitors right now through their improvement seasons, both Nikki and Cindy, who are going to be competing in figure in the next couple of years. And 
I want to be an exceptional posing teacher and coach for them. So I really have to put in the time and the work to actually learning that skill so I can be an exceptional coach for them and an exceptional posing coach for them. So just putting in the time and the work now and learning a skill in the process, which is awesome. And maybe in two decades from now, I'll hop on stage and win a figure title too. That's pretty much the goal, right? Yeah. Uh <laughs> It's only a matter of time. Yep. A matter of time and a hell of a lot of muscle maturity yet to be built. So, yeah, but that's just something that I'm really honing in on in this off season is next time that I step on stage, I want to just have flawless presentation. I want to be an absolutely exceptional poser if I want to be a top contender for my pro card in both IFBB and ICN fitness. And I'm definitely one of those people who it doesn't come to me naturally. And I know by now knowing know thyself after 24 years on this planet that I don't just pick up things like that. I've got to practice and practice and practice and refine things over time. So this entire off season, every single week, I'm continuing to practice my IFBB posing, my ICN posing, now my figure posing every fortnight as well, just to really stay on top of these things. And I love it. And on Instagram in particularly, I follow a lot of the top posing coaches and I follow a lot of the top IFBB NPC competitors in IFBB bikini. And when they always post their different posing routines, I always save them and I watch over them and kind of taking little bits that I love from each girl. And then when I practice my own posing, I try to incorporate that into my own routine. It's really neat. And I'm actually really developing a huge love and passion for it. And it's just a little project that I can keep working on throughout this entire off season to just keep me in the game. So that when I step on stage on 2023, I'm just gonna walk out on that IFBB stage and it's just gonna be like, wow, just the improvements. But I know that I have to keep chipping and chipping and chipping away at it because even at uni, like I was always that student that I could never just cram for an exam in SWAT back week. Like I would be revising my content from week one all the way until the exams that were like three months later. But at the same time, I was also that super chilled person in SWAT back who was like laying by the pool, going swimming, going to the gym, getting good night's sleeps not stressed at all about the exam because i'm like dudes i was the opposite yeah you were the opposite but i was like not i've known this since i've known this for the last 15 weeks man what have you been doing well i didn't purposely not learn it during semester like i still kept up to date with Mm. this with the content but i've always been the sort of learner who can i can memorize the whole book Mm. and i can do that in a week and then the thing with that is it's short-term memory yeah you don't remember it forever <laughs> i don't remember it word for word but i i remember the general general mm. concepts otherwise I, I wouldn't be here right now yeah <laughs> i've got a really good long-term memory short-term mm. memory not so much but like things from like years ago like i can remember down to the exact conversation exactly what someone said what they were wearing exactly where we are the dates of things so I know that about myself. So mm. And learning a skill particularly. And that's why I love bodybuilding so much because you can continue to practice and refine your skill over and over and over. You know, you might be doing a lap pull down for the last eight years, but you're still getting better at it. So anyway. Any uh, changes to nutrition this past week? Nutrition, a small change. I did decide to increase my dietary fat intake from 40 grams to 50 grams because... 
in the afternoons, what I was finding is during my third meal, it was pretty damn low in fat. I was having like nice cream and I was having either like some cream of wheat or a protein cake. And it usually only had like four to five grams of fat in it. And then afterwards, I'd always go for my afternoon walk, which I do every afternoon in the sun, about half an hour through the park. (laughs) No, it's it's me time. It's like meditation for me. Uh, But I'd always go for my afternoon walk. But then on the walk home, like the last like five to 10 minutes of the walk, and you've seen me walk through the door. I'm like, my heart rate's really elevated. I feel like I'm just having like weird spikes in blood Maybe sugar. Maybe the walks aren't the answer then. <laughs> no, I think that I just need to increase my dietary fat because I think that one, my metabolism's in a really good spot right now and having a meal like that, that's very high carb, quite high protein, low in fat, it's digested very quickly. And I, what I was finding was potentially just, I was having a big blood sugar rush and then perhaps a plummet. I'm, this is just me speculating, but ultimately my food was being digested a little bit too quick for my liking and it wasn't making me feel very good. So I'm like, okay, cool. Even though put this- Put your dietitian hat on. Yeah, put my dietitian hat on. How can I slow down the rate of absorption of these nutrients? Aha, increase my dietary fat intake. So Could I- increase the fiber even further. <laughs> No, but that goes to show it's not just fiber, man. There's, yeah. uh, because obviously that meal's high in fiber, but instead of having cream of wheat or protein cake in the afternoon, I've swapped over to having some oats with some chia seeds, which adds around 10 to 12 grams of fat. And it's completely taken away that hypoglycemia or suspected blood sugar rushes, heart rate elevated, just me feeling like trash at the end of my wonderful walk in the afternoon. So I'm like, well, this is a nice little fix. So. Right now my macros are at around 175 grams of protein, 50 grams of fat, and 375 grams of carbs. So feeling really good. And in the body composition department, the the Bunnings. uh, Body composition aisle. Yeah, these last two weeks, it's been fluctuating. It fluctuates like between 62 flat up to 62.7. And it's one, I've changed up a few of my food sources this past week, like because you stopped eating all your potatoes. I mm-hmm. had to get among some taters. So I'm switching up my food sources a little bit as well, but I know that I am having very high vegetable content at night too. Like Sam Coco's had 99 cent buckets of Brussels sprouts and I got amongst them and it just spikes my weight like crazy, but it doesn't bother me. But yeah, right now it's hovering, it's funky. It's hovering between 62 to 62.7. But like it can go from 62, 62.3, 62.1, 62.6. But I updated my Instagram with a few physique update photos this past Saturday. And yeah, just really happy with how I'm looking, happy with how I'm performing. And again, when I'm looking at myself posing in those figure classes, there's still so much room for growth, man. Like I need to be bigger. (laughs) So I'm like... I'll have it. This extra 400 grams I didn't have yesterday, give it to me. Get I need it. Get up to 80, bro. Off this off season. Yeah, exactly. No, but... <laughs> really? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry. I uh, I responded before I thanked. <laughs> Funk. <laughs> thanked. No, not 80 kilograms. I don't think I'll ever get up to 80 kilograms. Is thanked a word or is it thought? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't do it. and i won't do it 80 kilograms i'd have eating would have to be my full-time job and i'd have to quit it is your full-time job (laughs) no 
it's it's one of my jobs, but as I meant, I wear many hats. I have many responsibilities you wear many on this jumpers. planet. I think that's more appropriate for you. I do, I do. By the way, guys, I love doing the laundry. So if Jack ever takes a photo of me and you're she, you're like, she's always wearing that sweater. It doesn't get dirty. I'm like, I do the laundry every two days because I love it. Mm. So clothes are always clean in this house, which is yeah. really nice. Anyway, that's a bit of a wrap for this podcast. But Jack, what's something that you want to improve this next week? Ooh, what do I want to improve? Probably just ensuring that I take some me time either every, ideally I'd like to take it every day, uh, preferably being realistic every second day, or at least I need to have some time on the weekend where I just do something that's not fitness or work related mm-hmm. or nutrition related. And I'm not, lately I've, lately, or in the past I've potentially been not good or not, like I've been the reverse. I've been taking too much time for myself, not enough time for work mm-hmm. and and other things and staying on top of content more specifically. But now it's it's the opposite. Like I'm kind of a little bit obsessed with putting out regular content yeah. in, and I think that's only a good thing at the moment, but it can turn into a not so good thing. Yeah. There's definitely a bell curve there because yeah. you and I, we are really on top of things right now with TBD postings, with YouTube, with Instagram, with the podcast, everything, but more is not always better because sometimes when you, you're doing so much, you're like, you the more productive you are, the less accomplished you feel. Yeah, it's a very it's a strange feeling, and, mm. but it's unpleasant. It's it's not nice because you yeah. remind yourself you're like I've actually done so much, but like I still feel like there's more to do. Mm. Yeah, and I need to embrace that feeling of okay, Jack, you don't need to feel guilty about sitting down, reading something, yeah. watching something, playing with the dogs, uh, mm. and yeah, that's going to be my goal for this like indefinitely Mm -hmm. i know it's not going to happen in a week that's for sure yeah that's wonderful yeah cool what about you Ooh, well for me this next coming week i think i just need to give those 20 kilogram dumbbells a crack on shoulder press next monday awesome i'll be there that's gonna be be spotting you if need be (laughs) and i'll be filming it there's something about if you film yourself sometimes that can almost act as a subconscious spotter for you Mm because you're like Oh, I'm on camera. I gotta perform. You know, I gotta push out this final rep. So yeah. sometimes it's it's good to have a little bit of pressure. So I think I'll use that tactic too. I'll film it. Epic. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And as per usual, if you enjoyed the episode, please remember to repost it onto your Instagram. Tag myself. Tag TBD. Tag Tierra. Uh, leave a review. We haven't mentioned that for a while, but if you're feeling generous, then leave us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you're feeling nice. If you're feeling nice. <laughs> you're a generous person. And uh, we shall both catch you again uh, later this week for our Q&A episode. See ya.